Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today's Wednesday, July 28th. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is J.R. LaHerrera. J.R., I got your yes. last name. I couldn't get your first name out. <laughs> you got it, though. How are, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, how, how are things going for you? Uh, this is about as excited as I've ever been this entire summer, so I, I'd say it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we've been we've been waiting for. I mean, we're we're waiting for football games, but we've kind of everybody's kind of been looking to this date for for months, you know, just to know that these yeah. guys are out there and and working and and getting ready to play, you know, in, in games. Um, it it just it is it. I mean, you know, I don't know what what other word to use other than exciting. And you know, it's, it just seems like we've been waiting so long. And um, you know, we, everybody's talked about everything and and all this stuff. And now it's like, okay, let's see some stuff actually happen. So we've got some real stuff to talk about. <laughs> exactly. Well, July is <laughs> always a very long month, um, just because there's not a whole lot going on. So it's finally. Because the NFL is normally pretty good with like space and everything out, but like pretty much like once you end like the rookie mini camps, there's just a big bunch of nothing, and you're you just get sucked down the wormhole of social media and just looking for anything that you can find that's news. And finally, news is about to start happening. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we we got a little bit of stuff today, uh, but just knowing the guys were out there and and just hearing from hearing some of them talk, things like that, it's just just pretty darn cool. So uh, we'll, let's get your Twitter handle out there first. People can follow you at the jr nineteen eighty six. Yes, and I actually, I'm sure you're probably not aware because nobody's ever aware. Me and my good friend Troy have actually started doing our own podcast too, which also has its own Twitter handle at town pod um we it, our our podcast is known as um uh brown town podcast it's literally the worst cleveland browns fan show ever created most unprofessional terrible cussing all of that <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll try to refrain myself but if anybody's interested in just hearing how horrible of human beings we can really be check it out over there <laughs> You know what? I mean, I think everybody knows there there are a lot of Browns podcasts out there. Oh, yeah. The thing we have in common, at least, you know, I don't know. I, I would say most all of us probably is that we love the Browns and we do these podcasts not to not to become famous or to get rich. It's, uh, you know, it, it's because we love talking football. We love the Browns, and we just want to have fun. I mean, it, it's a it's a blast doing this thing. You know, I don't know how often you do it, but just uh, recording once a week and just just yeah. devoting you know whatever an hour or so to to, to talking Browns football. Yeah. I think you know, our goal I think our goal is to go once a week once the regular season kicks in. But like we've pretty much refrained ourselves to like the big events of the off season because the the reason why we kind of started doing it is I live in California. The guy, my buddy Troy, who I grew up with, also from California, he moved off to Denver. And when the Browns had that awesome victory over the Steelers in the playoffs, we just said, let's just do a podcast about it. <laughs> See yeah. what happens. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's cool. I mean, you know, um, you just you do your thing. So um, yeah. whatever works for you. And as long as you're having fun with it, it you know, that's all that matters. There we so, go. So that That's the goal. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you said you're in Northern California, which I had forgotten about. So, uh, you know, it's great that there are Browns fans, you know, all over the place, which is one cool thing that I found with doing this podcast is I've gotten to talk to people. Um, you know, I've gotten to talk to people all over the world. So, um, yeah, I remember catching the show. You were talking to some guy uh, out, I want to say, like, England? Or? I, I've talked to, yeah, I mean, I, I've uh, I've had uh Few people on from England, uh, Ireland, um, a couple guys from Australia. Um, it's you know, it's just. It's and hey, just those a, are real fans right there too, because it's not like we've had the greatest history in the world and just 
wiping the slate clean with every single team in the league and stacking up trophies to where somebody from Ireland would just hop on the bandwagon. That's and right. That's <laughs> right. And well, and those are the great stories to hear. Is, you know, is, is why why are they following the Browns and you know what attracted yeah. them to the team, things like that. So 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 that that's definitely a lot of fun. So so we're gonna talk some Browns. Uh, before that, and you know, and I'm gonna talk about a beer, anyways. I know you just uh, being in California, you just finished dinner, so I guess you're not drinking, which is perfectly acceptable. Um, <laughs> I understand. Um, I'm drinking. I'm drinking a beer from uh, it's the Quaffon Brewing Company, um, which is this is from uh, Nashville, Indiana. I got this at. Uh, place called the hard truth if anybody's ever been in nashville indiana they know what i'm talking about it's it, it's a cool place and um got good food they brew their own beers and i brought a four pack of this back so um but i'm drinking the blood orange yellow dwarf so it's pretty much a, just a blood orange beer um nice yeah it's got it's got just got a good flavor to it um and i think uh, I think since the last time I got this, uh, I think um, my wife and I have gone to Nashville, Indiana, I think three times now, um, kind of around our anniversary just for, you know, it's only a couple hours from where we live. So we go on uh, just for, you know, a long weekend or whatever. And um, when I've gotten this uh, beer from this brewery before, it seemed like it was kind of uh, um, a little over carbonated. Well, it seems to me that they fixed that. So, yeah, so it, it tastes it, it tastes better. Um, and, you know, the carbonation's down to kind of a normal level. But um, if anybody gets out there, I recommend this this blood orange. And uh, and then they have a, a peanut butter pork, which peanut butter porters are all over the place now. But I, I think the first one I had was actually in Nashville, Indiana. And it still tastes really good. It's still one of the best out there. So that's my that's my sales pitch for for Quaffon uh, Brewing in Nashville, Indiana. The hard truth. So um, I'm not getting paid for that, but anyways, it, it's a pretty cool place. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, let's let's dive in here a little bit to uh, to some Browns, I guess, news. Um, News is they, you know, really uh, started practicing today in training camp. No pads. They, they don't go to pads until next Tuesday. Um, that's when we start holding our breath, you know, <laughs> for the real injuries and stuff. It's like, don't hit each other too much, guys, all right? Yeah. We, we want everybody healthy, you know. That's one of the main things. You know, I, I hope they really get the playbook down and everything, but, but – I would almost rather just see everybody get out of camp healthy. Totally. No, I remember uh, like last year is either the first or second week. That was when um, Nick Chubb ended up getting a concussion. So I don't want to see anything remotely close to that again. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just don't need that stuff. So uh, probably the, the biggest news, at least it seemed like big news was, was greedy, uh, greedy getting uh taken off the field by a trainer um you know everybody's thinking it's the you know all the shoulder he played a few plays and now the shoulder's back and, and guilty and, uh, <laughs> well everybody thought that you know i, I wasn't re- i was working um i wasn't really on twitter much at the point but i guess there was a lot of negativity around him leaving the field and um it turns out uh it turns out i don't know i still don't know if we know exactly what happened because greedy tweeted something about that um that he looked that that the uh trainers thought greedy looked suspicious so i'm thinking that they thought maybe maybe the trainers thought that he was having an issue with the heat and that's why they pulled him Mm -hmm. um so i don't even know if he was if if he was even having any symptoms or anything but you know um anyways they they took him off the field and he's gonna be fine um you know, hopefully he'll be, hopefully he'll be back out there. Yeah, it was a big relief because I remember that game. I I didn't have a whole lot of time. I was kind of checking out, you know, social media and all that stuff. And then I saw that and I was like, oh, crap. 
instantly texted my buddy, like, here we go. And then turned out to be a false alarm because I'm very excited for Greedy. I really want him because it's one of the, I'm sure we'll get into it. I'm really looking forward to seeing who winds up as our number two cornerback out of after this camp is all said and done. Yeah, yeah, that's. And you don't want it, somebody getting the job due to injury. You, you want to see somebody actually win that job. No, I, I'm with you 100%. Yeah, you want these guys healthy and, and competing. And whoever whoever ends up being out there, you know, needs to be the guy who played the best and really earned that job. Yeah. But, um, you know, even even before they started practicing today, I think uh, to me it was big news yesterday when they announced that all these guys passed their physicals. And I'm talking about Greedy and OBJ and Grant Delpit. I don't yeah. know about you, JR. I, I did not expect – I didn't expect all these guys really to be ready to go at yeah. this point. The, the ones I was like more so greedy just because, you know, I'm not downplaying his injury, but the fact that it was a nerve thing and he started to get it started to come back to him. I kind of assumed he would be ready come camp. But the ones that really surprised me was Delpit and uh, OBJ, just because typically those are very long, grueling injuries. And you could easily see them going, you know, somewhere into the preseason before they're fully pr- participating. And no, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we we've seen OBJ and stuff. I you know, so I was I was kind of optimistic that he would be you know ready before long. I just I didn't know if he if he had the full cutting ability and everything, or if you know right. if, you know if he was going to be fully back yet. I pretty comfortable he was going to get there before too long. But I mean, he's just so far ahead of schedule. Um, yeah. And everything great. you see, everything you see that he he's posting of himself, it looks like he was never even injured. It's incredible. Oh, I know. It's it's cre- it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, he's just I mean, one I, of those freak athletes, man. He's there's a reason why he's a special talent. It's because that's not normal. <laughs> yeah. To, so if you had if you had to guess, do you think his recovery has? Um, you know, and I don't want to say it's one or the other because it's probably both. Do you think it has uh, more to do with him being a great athlete or more to do with with uh, the fact that he worked maybe twice as hard as what a normal guy would work? You know, I'd, I'd say it's honestly it's a combination. It's got to be a combination of both. You know, you. I would think so. Because, I mean, we've seen great athletes, you know, get those same injuries and not be the same and, you know, not make it back as quick. And at the same time, you know, um, you can work really hard and it just may not come back. I think it's got to just be kind of right cut in the middle. Like he's a he's a gifted athlete. And, you know, there's no denying that all you have to do is pop on his highlight film and see that. And then at the same time, just every interview you hear from the guy, you could tell, like, you know, this guy's just heavily motivated to be one of the all time greats and, you know, really wants to win. Yeah, the the guy that I just didn't know about is is Grant Delpit because we really just haven't seen or heard much about where he is. And I know he was at minicamp, but he was out on the field. I didn't I I didn't feel like they had him doing a lot. Okay, like I didn't feel like he was going full tilt or or anything. Mm-hmm. I just kind of felt like he was there. You know, um, it, the fact that he could run at that point was great. You know, but yeah, I, I was I was kind of surprised that he passed his physical. Just just kind of being in the dark and knowing the injury. Right. No, same. I'm I'm right there with you. Um, yeah. So I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's going to make um, it's going to make getting this roster to 53 even even tougher i mean if these guys are all healthy and you know because if if these you know if, if grant delpits um you know if none of these guys are on the pup list to start with you know assuming everybody makes it through camp which which we're sure hoping they're going to yeah then you know um man it, it's going to be it's going to be hard for it's going to be really tough for a lot of guys to crack this roster no and that's like 
you you look at our roster right now, especially certain key positions, and it's just like, man. And this is probably what he wants too. But Andrew Barry and Kevin Savancy, they're gonna have a they're gonna have a, an incredibly tough decisions to make near the end of uh, the the training camp of preseason here, because I mean it's like they've really like you think of almost every position. There's a pretty good battle going on somewhere. Maybe not necessarily for a starting job, but just for a roster spot. For crying out loud! Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I look at the D-tackle room right now, and, like, there's a lot of question marks there, but there's just, like, I don't know. Who do you cut? <laughs> that's that's always been my thing, like, is just, like, who do you send out the door? Because <laughs> I, I, anybody you let go, it's just, like, you, you might say, like, oh, he could be he can make the practice squad, but it's, like, yeah, that's if all the other teams pass on him. And I don't see a lot yeah. of guys like that. Yeah, a lot of these guys are not going to make it to the practice squad. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to. Um, that they're going to these guys will make it on other rosters, um, you know, maybe not all of them, but quite yeah. a few, which, which is a, ultimately it's a good thing. It's uh, it's a it shows that we have a very good talent searching GM. Um, but, yeah, no, it's tough when you just think that, yeah, practice squad's probably not an option for this guy if he gets cut loose. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's just it's different from what yeah. we're used to in Cleveland, you know, having guys yeah, that, that are going to get cut because of, because of numbers. And, you know, guys, I think, uh, I think at this point, guys are going to make the team because they're the best guy too. And that's not always been no. the way in the past either. Yeah, no, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's, that's all I could really come up with. The best word for it is just, ex- it's going to be exciting to see who the guys are and, and, uh, when you see a guy make a team that might be a dark horse, I think that's going to raise excitement just because, you know, now it's just like, wow, he beat out all these guys for a job. It's not like he's beating out guys who have never, who, who were bus and other places and, you know, lazy or whatever. It's like, you know, you beat out real players to, to earn the spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, D tackle and, there's some of those guys that we really don't know much about. So, you know, it, it's potential. There might be a guy or two that shows up and he's not in great shape and, you know, he just might not have a shot to make the team. You know, that's mm-hmm. there. there's potential for that, but it, it doesn't seem very realistic with with the quality of this team that a guy's just not going to be motivated. Yeah, and not know, very to, smart to on up. the players' end either because yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't want to get – you don't want to give – you don't want to make it easy on Andrew Barry to cut you. <laughs> right, right, because he, he needs to find a few guys to make his job easier, probably. Yeah. You know, not not that he wants that, but um but yeah, yeah. If somebody if somebody stinks it up, that's you know, it's gonna be it's gonna make it easier for him. Definitely. Yeah, because yeah, if you're a bubble guy, you want you want Andrew Barry up all night thinking about what to do with your position you don't want to just be like okay yeah no this guy didn't show up in shape he's not he's not practicing hard no i mean he's got it to where these guys there's a lot of guys whose backs are against the wall pretty much and they need to perform and that's like i just think about just even in our dn room you know we have jadavian Clowney and tack mckinley both of them on one-year deals both of them so far their careers haven't quite gone as that where they wanted them to be mm-hmm. and they're playing on the line with somebody like miles garrett who i'm sure they could both look back to when they were rookies and be like man i th- th- my plan was to be what he is you know <laughs> and, right and, and you know it, it's just it's exciting because you know like we may not be able to keep both of them it'd be a shock if we resign both of these guys but if we resign one of them you know we're resigning them because they really blossomed under this system oh yeah yeah you mean going into to next season yeah 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 um and yeah yeah that's uh yeah, that that's hard to even think about at this point, honestly. No, JR, for sure, because, for sure. I know I'm, yeah. I'm jumping ahead here, but I just <laughs> that's okay though. I mean, you're you're thinking like Andrew Barry. You know, he's he's like probably five steps ahead on half these guys too. <laughs> oh yeah, but I I just like that's what I I used to always get annoyed with one year deals just because it's like you look at it like a rental, but 
when you look at it, it's just guys who are really trying. They're not, they're not like, I wouldn't consider either of these guys busts, especially Jadavian Clowney, but you know that, you know, they want that, those big contracts. And now that like, you know, it's kind of put up or shut up time. Like there's no more excuses for these guys. Like they've got everything there for them. They have the supporting cast, they have good coaches and it's, it's go time. And, um, it's going to be really fun to watch it all play out. Well, it is. And, you know, Jadavian Clowney's been, been okay, but, you know, he was a number one pick, and he he hasn't lived up to the number one pick. He hasn't. Yeah. So He know, hasn't I mean, numbers-wise, but, I mean, if you – like, he's – like, I, the way I've tried to talk to my friend – because I was the one who had to convince my good friend Troy into buying into the Jadavian Clowney sweepstakes – and I was just like, look, if you watch what he does on the run, he's like Miles Garrett on the run, okay, as my, as how Miles Garrett is at rushing the passer. This guy can disrupt the run. And it's another guy to ease tension. If he can – because if you look at his pressures from last year, his quarterback pressures or his quarterback hurries, um, right up until when he got injured, his uh, quarterback hurries were neck and neck with Miles Garrett. And now that would obviously be a huge help if he was playing on the same side as Miles Garrett because it would make his life easier. Yeah, well, here, here's the thing, Jr. When I say he hasn't lived up to the number one right. pick, I really don't think he has because you you expect more and you expect bigger numbers out of a guy who was taken number one oh, overall. Yeah. Now, here, here's the thing. The Browns, they're not paying him like he was the number one pick. And okay, they didn't so- take him number one. Yeah, and they didn't take him number one, so he he's just coming in. To, we were too to busy well. you're drafting the savior Johnny Manziel, all right? Right. And Justin yeah. Gilbert, all right? Like we we had big, we had bigger targets that we needed to address. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sorry. yeah, no, I, I'm on board with <laughs> I'm on board with Clowney because I think uh, you know I, I think he I I think with him. Uh, doing well against the run and and like you said he can he can still apply pressure and he can play some inside if necessary um you know which could let them put tack out there as well you know in certain uh situations um you know i think it's a good fit so so we'll see what happens but um you know for me if if uh if miles and uh and clowny can play a lot of downs this season, man, it, it's going to be really good for the Browns. Absolutely. No, I, I'm just like my bread and butter for the defense. Like my, my favorite position is obviously going to be the D end. And I just love that D end trio we have with uh, Miles Garrett, Tack and Clowney. Like I just, I, I think there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of untapped potential there um, in a lot of those guys. And I just, if they can all get on the same page and buy in, like we all know Miles Garrett's already bought in, but yeah. um, you know, the other two guys who are kind of question marks right now, I think this could really put us over the top, you know what I mean? On that D line. And now you talk about a revamped secondary. One thing those hurries are going to do, it's going to make that quarterback get that ball out of his hands that much quicker. And now we got some guys in the backfield finally that can, either knock that pass down or pick it off and it's man it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing what Andrew Berry's done this offseason yeah sure is definitely so the word is Baker was throwing lasers today kind of all over the place uh just uh looked really good completions to you know completion after completion after completion um, you know, throwing a lot with Odell, and then um, and then he uh, let's see, and um, in practice uh, there was a there was a great catch by uh, by DPJ. I saw um, that one. I actually did got, you that see was, that one? A few things I saw, <laughs> and that that's a guy I'm super excited about too. Like I really was shocked about what he did last year. Or not shocked, but you know, when you're talking about a six-round pick, you're not expecting a whole lot. And I feel he outperformed being a six-round pick and actually looked like a legit receiver. And um, I'm, it's going to be fun watching all these guys, man. Like, I mean, there's just weapons everywhere. I can't. 
there's not a lot of room at receiver on this team anymore because no you know I, I think we got five guys who are definitely probably definitely making the team i'd be surprised if higgins doesn't make the team so so you get i think dpj and and schwartz obviously are making the team along with you know along with uh obj and and uh and jarvis so that's five guys right there so mm-hmm. <laughs> if anybody else is making the team they're going to be a, a sixth wide receiver um, yeah, it's, it's it just going to be tough to crack that. But like at the same time, some people saving grace might be they might be really good on our special teams or something. I don't know, but even then, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be uh, yeah. I mean, because Browns, um, they have you know guys like Hodge who uh, who who you know obviously is a special teams guy, and then um, I just I don't know. Uh, yeah. you, know, you got. But they, they seem to like him, you know what I mean? They've 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 held on to him. Um, they were pretty quick to uh, put a tender on him this in this off season. Well, yeah, and he's a you know, and he's a pretty big body receiver too, who makes some nice plays occasionally. But I mean, you don't really need in, yeah. in this offense. You really don't need four wide receivers coming off your bench because they're not going to go with uh, three wide receivers that often. No, and especially yeah, because Kevin Stefanski really likes the two tight end set a lot. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, on top of that, we have a two-headed monster in the backfield. You know, they're going to take a lot of uh, snaps away from every wide receiver. You know, especially if things go the way we hope they go. You know what I mean? You would hope that we're uh, pounding the ball down people's throats and milking that clock. Because um, if you don't need to pass it, why would you? <laughs> that's my. That's always been my philosophy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just it feels it feels like um, it feels like we're going to see more sets of of uh, Kareem and Nick out there together this yeah. season. I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not because I expected it last season, and I think with them getting more in- innovative, you know, I think that's going to mean we'll mm-hmm. see them out there together occasionally. Because yeah. what um, it seemed like they went for last year. Um, sorry for interrupting you. Um, That's right. Um, what it seemed like they were going for last year was more keeping those two guys to spell the other one. You know, it, you would it would seem almost like evenly split a lot of games where it would be like mm-hmm. you know Nick would have the first drive and then Hunt would come in for the second drive. You know, and they would just try to keep their guys fresh, which I thought was a smart angle to play too. And now I'm not sure how. It, um, how much research you've done on the guy, but, um, on my podcast, one of the guys we've championed, we championed this guy pre-draft was, uh, Dimitri Felton. And mm-hmm. I loved that pick. Absolutely. I just think this guy, I'm not trying to put a lot of hype on a six round pick, but man, I like when we were doing uh, shows, you know, pre-draft and stuff like that, I was saying I'd take this dude in the fourth round and, the fact that we got him in the six, I love everything about this kid here too, and I think he could even make that run game even more dangerous. So how do you, how do you see the Browns using him? Because I think it's I think uh, it'd be a shocker if he doesn't make the team. Yeah, right. I, I see him just as like you know, especially his rookie year, just kind of more gadgety, you know. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. that to slight the guy, but I mean when you have when you're playing behind. Uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Um, yeah, all we really need is a gadget guy. And the fact that he can catch the ball, like, I mean, he was a wide receiver, I think his first two years or three years in college, and then he went to running back. Um, just the fact that he has experience in the in the receiving game. I mean, Baker Mayfield, you know, he's a guy who likes to spread the ball around, and I think he'll be able to find this kid no problem. And, you know, it's... I. I I wouldn't put compare him to Kareem Hunt in the past game, obviously. Like, but um, I think he could get there with the proper coaching and the proper work. You know, it's mm-hmm. I, I'm just I can't remember a time I've been this excited about all the weapons that we have on almost every position. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you feel like do you feel like Dearness Johnson has you know a pretty tough road to making this team? Based I, I on would. Film? I, I definitely would. I mean, um, he hasn't, you know, he had a pretty solid game in our Dallas game last year. Other than that, you know, like when Nick Chubb went down, you were thinking like, well, he had a good showing. So like maybe this kid's got something, but then he just 
saw that like you know he wasn't really used that whole that much and when he was it really wasn't anything and it's not a knock on him either you know so it's not playing time yeah yeah and then just the fact that the, the coaching staff does use a draft pick on another running back you know kind of should should be a precursor that like hey maybe he's not long for the orange and brown but who knows you know if he if he somehow beats out Demetri felton as crushed as i'd be because this was a kid that i legit wanted um you know then i think that's good for him you know it's only better for us if he's able to beat somebody out that uh the coaches had high expectations for and um you know gave him no just no choice but to uh stick with him good on him but i i think it's gonna be a tough road for him personally i mean i i just i feel like felton's uh you know ability to play different different positions and you know do some other things because he he um, he returned kicks in college too, didn't he? Yeah, no, he's he's a yeah, he's a jack of all trades, or that's how he's going to be used, I believe. If he makes yeah, this so. team, you're going to see him on special teams. You're going to see him on third down. You know that. Yeah, you can play receiver, uh, yeah. running back, and kick returns. I think you know. Um, yeah, having that ability, you know that that makes him just, yeah. it makes him more valuable to yeah. the team. First, and it's nothing against Ernest Johnson, but. The Browns don't really need a guy to just be the third string running back. Okay. Right. And he returned kicks, but if you got three other guys on the team who can return kicks. Yeah. And and, and I like Dearness Johnson. I, I feel like this guy could play if he's given the chance, but I feel like the chance might be with another team. Right. And you also take into account just money. I, I'm not saying Dearness Johnson's making a uh, a whole bunch of money, but Demetri Felton, he's on a rookie contract and we have him for four years. You know, that's got to wait. Yeah, you want, you want to keep guys like that. And it's not I mean, like a six-round rookie is uh, making gangbuster money. <clears throat> no, he's, he's not making much at all. And if you can keep yeah. him on that deal, you know, because he's a good player. I mean, you don't keep guys like that just to keep him. But, yeah, if he's yeah. a good player, then, yeah, you got something for nothing for, yeah. for four years, like you and, said. And as you know, I mean, we have a lot of contract. I, I'm not trying to skip too far ahead of next year, but uh, there's a lot of uh, deals that are uh, a lot of bills about to be due here. And uh, you know, you gotta if you get on if you get some rookies on some cheap deals, and especially when there's four more years left. You, I, if I'm Andrew Barry, I'm looking to do what I can to hold on to those. Yeah, that's 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 another way to free some money up. Yeah, yep. I mean, is to draft well. Yeah, just yeah. just think about keeping Fulton, you know, whether he plays running back or, you know, or in some re- or some wide receiver or whatever. Just think about keeping him versus going and signing a, you know, a free agent wide receiver, for example. Yeah. You know, it, it just frees up a lot of money. Oh, yeah. And well, I also look at that because you were just talking about, like, how do we go in, go into the regular season with six wide receivers? Well, if you keep. Felton, there's your sixth receiver, you know, if you if need be. Yeah, and he's filling he's filling other spots, so you don't have to keep yeah. another running back. You know, you don't have to worry about having, you know, a second or third uh, return man. You know, you got multiple guys. Yeah. So um, so yeah, um, makes a lot of sense, and you, you have to figure he's going to perform pretty well with with his abilities. So. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's one spot. I'll I'll be surprised if we don't have that nailed right there. Yeah. Well, that's just why I'm so excited for this camp because I mean, you know, he's dead on. He's in a competition right now um, for that third running back spot, and the guy he's competing with also happens to be a kick returner as well. And you know, it's just like, man, <laughs> there's just competition everywhere, and good competition. It's not in the past where we're trying to see who's going to be our new starting quarterback, Jake DeLome or Colt McCoy, you know, it's, uh, it's, the yeah. key. it's fun competition. It's, you know, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm trying to look back at my notes because I can't remember, uh, um, the, the, uh, the other wide receiver, the guy, the Browns picked up from the Vikings practice squad who, I thought the guy had a pretty decent shot. The guy's kind of. Uh, uh, Are you talking off. about Natson? Uh, not JoJo Natson. No. Um, 
and I'm ill prepared here because I don't have the Browns roster pulled up. But I, I uh, got I got Switzer. Is that it? Not, or? not Ryan Switzer. No. Hmm. Hollins. I'm looking at the guys who I don't give much of a chance. Might be Hollins. Might be Hollins. Or Bradley. I think it might be Hollins. Um, potentially. Yeah. He's like he's I mean, like. He's like six foot one sixty five. Yeah, um, I think it's him. Um, you know, he's a guy who uh, the Vikings really liked, and the Browns went and got him. And it's like, you know, hey, this guy's really got some potential, but um, you know, he, he might not. Well, get I'll say right, if he makes the fifty three man roster, I'm telling everybody right now to 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 get him on your fantasy team because obviously he's a <laughs> he's an elite level player. To if he's beating out guys that we have in that wide receiver room right now. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Well, you know, I thought he had a shot, but um, when when you start really looking at the numbers and who the Browns have, uh, he's, yeah. he's probably a guy the Browns would try to get to the practice squad and probably not be successful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, you know, they've, they've done, uh, Andrew Berry's done his job. He has put a ton of talent together so that the Browns can have a great 53, and then he will do his job to put to get, you know, a a, uh, a solid practice squad together. And he'll always be looking for other guys. So I don't think he's going to be so worried about the guys he loses because he's he's he has confidence in himself to always be able to find more talent. Yeah. No, I'm I'm I, I can't tell you like how happy I am that this is our GM now. I was I was initially crushed when we got rid of Dorsey, but uh seeing in relatively short time, what um, what uh, Barry's been doing here, it's it, it's it's great. <laughs> just looking at this roster right now as we speak, and just wow. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I like Dorsey. Obviously, um, you know, he did some he did some good things. Um, but yeah, you know what? The I always pull for whoever's whoever's with the Browns, but you just you have to love the. The ability, um, you know, the the intelligence of the guys who are running this team right now. Um, they yeah, just, and that's, the they thing just don't like, do stupid stuff. I mean, yeah, they, just, yeah, exactly. they just don't seem to make mistakes. Well, you, you can really tell, too, just like, I know it's overused, but just there's there actually is, for the first time in forever, organizational alignment in this thing. When you see the guys that Barry brings in, it's not like, cause like, I know when we had Dorsey and Dorsey was there with Hugh Jackson, you know, it, it always seemed, or like when we had Sashi and Hugh Jackson, you could tell the GM's bringing a guy in that he wants, but maybe doesn't necessarily fit what the coach wants. Um, they were all, yeah, they were all yeah. reporting to Jimmy and none of them none yeah. were happy with each other. And it was a mess. what we have here, what Barry's been doing is he's getting guys, not just because he likes them, but because they absolutely fit either what our offense what our head coach wants on offense or what our defensive coordinator needs to run his style of defense. And, um, you know, it, it, it's nice. And it's a, it's really nice to actually see that we have a GM that's, uh, doing that, you know, given, given our coaches the right tools that they need to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. So let's kind of, let's kind of, uh, you just mentioned defense. Let's, um, Let's just move on to Joe Woods here because Joe Woods got a bit of a yeah I don't I don't I was gonna say a bad rap but Joe Woods got uh, you know some bad press some bad comments last season for you know the defense or the bad defense or whatever I mean you know what the Browns won a lot of games last year so they I'm sure not gonna did. be too hard on anybody but uh, no. I mean, to me, it, it was pretty obvious that the Browns built the offensive side of the ball, and they were going to build the defense this season. So I'm like, you know, he's doing the best he can. He'll get his toys this offseason, and we'll see what he can really do. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how – like, I never understood anybody, like, bashing um, Coach Woods for our defense last year. I mean, when you're – I think we played the majority – but we did. We the majority of the games we played, we had our three penciled in starters on the secondary out almost the entire year. You know what I mean? If not, we definitely yeah. had two of them yeah. out the entire year. And um, you know, what do you do from there? 
it, it all trickles downhill. Like you got Miles Garrett, that's awesome. But when you have two guys blocking him and pretty much that's it after that, um, you know, you got you, Miles and Denzel and, and a yeah. bunch of other guys trying and stuff, but right. You know. But I mean, they're not going to, th- they're going to roll the quarterback away from miles and then um, yeah. they're not going to throw it towards Denzel. And pretty much every time, like I never felt comfortable and it wasn't on Joe Woods, but I, I never felt comfortable on a third and long situation. <laughs> all all year on that defense, just because and it wasn't reason. like it was nobody's in particular fault. It was just unfortunately the cards we were dealt in the secondary. Um, you you just knew that like yeah, this is if we're gonna win, our offense really needs to step up, and luckily they did. Um, yeah, but yeah, so I, I'm very excited that uh, of, of the improvements, and I I expect um, I expect a lot of changed opinions about Joe Woods after this season. Okay. If, if we're terrible on defense with this, with all these guys say there's no injuries and we're terrible on defense, then I'll join in on the, uh, maybe this isn't the right defensive coach train. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Give them, give them a few games. Um, you know, I, you know, either way, cause I think it, it I have, uh, I have a hard time kind of because I hear the argument arguments both ways that it doesn't take a defense long to gel because guys are just, you know, doing their assignments, um, you know. But on the other hand, you're you're still implementing a defense. Um, there's yeah. there's going to be some changes from last year, and you do yeah. have a ton of new guys. So, and, so and to me, yeah, I was going to say you're possibly coming in with nine new starters to this defense too. And yeah, these guys have to have to get to know each other a little. So, bit. so we're pretty much talking about yeah. it's on um, Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett to kind of get all of these guys up to snuff. Now, not saying that these guys aren't good. And they weren't good other places or anything like that. But still, it's going to take a little bit to gel. And, of course, our very first game of the year is going to be the ultimate test going against Patrick Mahomes and the, and the Kansas City Chiefs. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to give them a month before I, I start making an opinion of how this defense really I, looks. I, I think a month's fair. I think, yeah, I think a month's fair. Because the defense, yeah, guys are executing their assignments. But a defense that does not work real well if it's 11 guys out there playing on their own. Yeah. <laughs> they have to know each other. They got to know, you know, um, what, you know, what the other guy's doing, too. Um, and that's not just learning their assignment. They're, they're going to learn their, you know, the guys around them, what they're good at and, yeah. you know, when they need to help them out. And, you know, and, exactly. And you got to form trust. You got to form yeah. trust there, because even though you say stick to your assignment, if you're playing with a guy that's a complete scrub out there and maybe you could tell that he's on a receiver and you know, he's going to get smoked. Maybe, a, maybe a safety is going to try to pick up that slack. And now all of a sudden, you know, he right. shouldn't have, and he left his guy open, you know, like there's gotta be trust. There's, it's going to take a little bit. I, I feel, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they just instant. I hope they're all on the same page right now, but I mean, <laughs> we'll see, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, I think they'll get there because we got some solid, you know, several of these guys coming in are, are veterans. And, and yeah, I don't think there's going to be a lot of pressure put on the young guys early, you know, unless we're, you know, unless we're talking about, um, you know, unless we're talking about Greg Newsome starting at that number two corner position, you know, that's, that's the only possible exception. I'd, I don't know that JOK is going to be a full-time starter right off the bat, especially what he's going through right now. Um, and, and beyond that, I, you know, I, I think I just have a feeling that on a team like this, with with uh, the talent they have and where they're trying to get to, that they're they are going to kind of work these guys in if they can, and, you yeah, know, get their feet wet. You know, and use them when they need them, and so that they're ready for the big moments when they need them for them. Absolutely, no, it's, it's, yeah, I, I 100% agree. Um, I, I'd be interested though. Like, what, what, what do you think? Um, let, let's take today out. You know, with what happened today and everything like that, and let's just say everybody stays healthy. Who do you think is going to be our second quarter opposite of uh, Denzel Ward there? 
Well, I mean, we've we've talked a little bit about that on this podcast, and you know, I think it would be ideal for the Browns if if Grady or if Grady Greedy, I should say, is is ready to go and can play because I think you'd rather have the experienced guy out there because we, we know how tough it is for a corner, uh, you know, for a rookie to start at the corner position in the NFL. I mean, we know how tough it is to just to play corner in the NFL, period. I mean, yeah. you know, Denzel Ward gives up touchdowns, you know? I mean, it, it's just how the NFL is right now. Um, you just can't – you just cannot be a perfect cornerback anymore. Guys guys do not shut other guys down. So, um, you know, they give, they give up plays, and they got to forget about it, and they got to get back out there and play again, you know, be ready for the next play, and – You'd rather not have your rookie out there game one, probably especially against Patrick Mahomes yeah. and the Chiefs, if you can. Um, so ideally, you know, ideally Greedy is ready to go and, you know, and can and can start, you know, as as the number two corner. Um, and, and Greg Newsom can, you know, can can play and work his way in and, you know, and, and if he surpasses Greedy at some point during the season or, or whenever or season two, then he's starting, you know, whenever it happens, so be it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I was just always kind of curious um, just because, like, I am very excited for Greg Newsome, though. Like, uh, I know it's just rookie minicamp, but he seemed to have a very good rookie minicamp. Like, I didn't see anything bad written about him and, he had a couple picks on Baker. Um, I, I just like that was a guy in the draft that I really wanted. He was one. Of, he was one of my uh, like my, one of my top five guys that I would have targeted. And when we got him, I was thrilled with it and uh, just really excited to see what comes of this dude because he seems he seems to have the right mentality for a rookie. And uh, it's going to be fun watching this guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh... Is uh, he was one of the guys who had a presser today, so I watched that. Uh, you know, I, I watched the pressers after work today, and um, you know, I mean, the, he just he, he's got a great attitude, uh, very personable. Um, you know, he, he just sounds like he's taking everything in from, from everybody, um, and, and just trying to learn and compete at the same time, and you know, and he's working. So, um, you know, what more could you ask? I mean, he's yeah. he's trying to compete for that job, but you know, he, he's just trying to get better and and do everything he can at the same time. So, the you know, the more DBs you have on a team that are good and the, the better, because you can you can never have too many good DBs on a team. No, especially. I mean, oh. Especially when you're the Browns. I mean, man, we the Browns get into guys, you know, by week 13, 14, 15. The Browns are invariably starting guys that were on their practice squad or on the street at that point. At the yeah. Place. <laughs> I, so, I even got a call to come play some cornerback last year, and I was just like, I'm sorry, guys. I got can't wife won't let me do it, but no. <laughs> no, better you than me. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure you do a lot better than that would. So. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> oh, I would. Yeah. Anyways, um, so <laughs> it, was, it was a very nice uh, offer from uh, Mr. Barry. There just had to be, you know. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while, sir. I appreciate. Did they that. offer you more than a bag of chips? <laughs> uh, we, we won't get into that. You know what I mean? Yeah, we won't get into what I was offered, but it was a, a very generous offer. How about that? Very nice. Very nice. But um, going back to to Greg Newsom. I, I like Greg Newsom. I like you know everything about him. My only concern is and is his injury history coupled with with Grady's injury history coupled with Grant Delpit's injury history. So I would love nothing better than to see all three of these guys stay healthy this season. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good start for sure. <laughs> because yeah, I mean. Um, we want these guys to have, you know, long, productive careers. So hopefully, you know, hopefully they can all, um, hopefully they can all get on the right page this year and just start off and, and you know, and um, for me, I, it's, you know, I, I hope they play well. For me, it's not even so much about the, about um, having 
perfect production from any any one of those three guys if they can stay healthy and learn and grow you know to where to where they're in good shape and you know can can play for a while then you know i'll be i'll be happy because coming into camp uh, and not i'm not talking about greg newsom here i'm talking about greedy and and uh you know and and, and grant yeah yeah it's um you know i kind of felt like i couldn't count on really either one of those two guys this season yeah so it's pretty much anything we get from those two guys you you have to look at like a bonus like a kind of like a free draft pick this year you know oh, yeah. a new player Definitely. almost and i got another one for you too i'm not sure i'm very interested in what curtis weaver does i'm not, are you familiar with this guy i am yeah yeah that's um, another guy i'm going to be uh trying to p- pay attention to a bit and you know i mean read up on and see what how he's looking because that's a, like another draft pick for us this year uh, yeah too. yeah he's a, he's a guy who could have been a first rounder you know what back um, well two years two seasons ago i guess at this point yeah or yeah i mean last well yeah last season i guess or not this draft but the draft before right mm-hmm. so um but yeah because he had more um trying to think what his injury was was this an achilles or something with his foot or something like that i think it was something it was something in the lower body <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah i can't remember exactly what it was but yeah the browns browns got him for next to nothing from the dolphins i think so yeah we claimed it, him off waivers and he was already done for the year and the dolphins thought you could sneak him by and barry just see something oh no yeah well well he um yeah, he he he's the like the all time sack leader for his conference. Um, yeah, from Boise State. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, from Boise. So, um, I, I feel like Curtis Weaver is either either going to blow people away or just like look like he doesn't belong in the NFL. <laughs> right. No, for sure. But either way, I liked I liked the signing because it's there's really no risk in it. You know. No, there's not. There's not. And the thing I liked, too, was like, even though he was injured all last year, he was, you know what I mean? He was at the facility. He is familiar with the with the players, the coaches, the training staff. So he's not just coming in like a like you would a rookie, you know, mm-hmm. not knowing what to expect. He's familiar with a lot of the things that all the rookies are still right now trying to learn. And it's not like we're expecting this kid to be a starter <laughs> either. So. I mean, he's well, got some good things going for him. And one of the words on him is a lot of people are saying he could also play some linebacker, which, again, the versatility is going to put you over the edge in a lot of positions. Well, here's the thing. If you're a guy like Curtis Weaver and you're actually finally healthy, where would you rather be than on the Cleveland Browns with, with guys like Clowney and Miles Garrett to kind of kind of help you along a little bit? Yeah, you know, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, it, I mean, if you're if you're if you're a borderline guy, um, those are the kind of guys can yeah. can kind of put you over the top. Yeah. And that's what I love. What we've done with this defense is you kind of look. There's a lot of character uh, starters too, like or character veterans, you know, everywhere. Because he could also go up to Malik Mc, or Malik Jackson, mm-hmm. you know, and get some pointers there. That's a very good you know, leader in a, in a room there, um, you know, same when you go to linebackers, you know, we just got guys that like are like one of their biggest stories is like great team leader, you know? And um, I think that's really good for all the young guys we have at all these different position rooms. And I think, uh, you know, I think uh, great teams, um, I think great teams are typically kind of a mix in in the age, you know, I think in the age uh, area, you know, I think that's a good thing to have some vets, some, you know, some younger guys. I mean, I I don't think uh, teams that go deep in the playoffs usually have a ton of rookies on their roster, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you, you can have a few rookies if you got the right veterans and stuff to bring them along and you got some, some rookies who can play, you know, and it kind of depends on their positions too. You know, For if, sure. if, if you got your rookies who are playing on special teams and are your six wide receiver, it's not hurting you so much as if they're, you're trying to start them at left tackle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. 
So, uh, so I saw on, uh, on Twitter today, and I think uh, I think uh, Ken Carmen was the first, I think the person who put this out, and then some other people were weighing in on it, talking about this this Chiefs game and how it's kind of a no-win situation for the Browns because they're they're either going to go in and win this game and everybody's immediately going to proclaim them Super Bowl favorites. Right. Or they're going to go in and get beat and everybody's going to say, nah, they're nothing. They're not as good as what everybody said they were. Well, you see, and obviously I would love to just beat the Chiefs week one, but I mean, if we, if we lost to them, I don't necessarily look at that as a, a negative thing. First off, I don't, I love this team and I, I believe in this team right now from what I see on paper. It looks great. Uh-huh. But do I really want the media saying how great they are and just becoming bulletin board material for all the other teams that we're going to be playing this year? Not really. So, I mean, if we lost to the Chiefs week one, I don't think that'd be the worst case scenario because I also look at it like this. If we're trying to get to where we're going to go, we're going to have to play the Chiefs again in the playoffs. And do you really think that you're going to be able to get by Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes twice in a year? You know? <laughs> that's a good point. That, that's what I always look at is just like, now obviously I'm not going to be thrilled. Even though it'd be like 19, you know, whatever weeks, 19 or 20 weeks. Right, apart. but either way, like, you know, we would be giving the Chiefs free motivation for the rest of the year, you know what I mean? When we finally play them again in the playoffs, we'd be like, remember when these guys embarrassed us at home week one? Let's show them now, you know? Now they're playing with that chip on their shoulder. I'd rather us be the ones with the chip on the shoulder. So you but want them to lose? I don't want to. I don't want them to lose. I didn't say that, <laughs> just, all right? I'm just saying, yeah, if I'm it happens, kidding. you know, I look at every championship team, like, you know, there's got to be that team that you got to overcome, and what would be yeah. better than losing to the Chiefs, going into the playoffs, and everybody already talking about, well, we could write the Browns off for losing that game because, I mean, look how embarrassed they got week one. And you could show that progression. You could show that great coaching and all that, the maturation of our young players, all that. Um, I don't know. That's just that's just the way I see it. I don't want them to lose. I'd obviously be thrilled. But at the same time, I don't want the media on the bandwagon. I'm already upset that they are because – I don't really care for a lot of the people I listen to in the media when they comes to my Browns. <laughs> well, you know, Jr., you don't have to listen to those people, but no, I don't. I, but I mean, I do it on, when I'm working, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, I mean, the, the way I see it is the Browns are playing Kansas City, you know, in Kansas City, you know, after after KC was in the Super Bowl. It's a game the Browns are not supposed to win. So no. I don't feel like there's pressure on them to win this game. You know, as long as as long as they go in and play pretty well, I, I don't I don't see how they could feel bad about a loss in this game. You know, if they get beat by a touchdown or, or, or two in this game, if it's a higher scoring game, I don't think they're going to be hanging their heads. Um, if they win, great, you know, but there again, it's a long season. So beating KC week one doesn't doesn't really mean that much either because it probably puts a bigger target on you. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a long season. So it, it's just one game out of 17 games. Yeah. So whether it's a loss or a win. So um, I, I think which is a good thing. That's how the Browns, you know, that's how Stefanski and and. From all accounts, that's how the Browns players are looking at this yeah. thing. It's one game at a time. And if they can yeah. actually do that for 17 weeks, they'll yeah. be in good shape. Because it's just going to be such a tough game, especially when you just take into account that you're in KC and all, all their fans are probably going to be back. Like, I mean, that place is going to be very loud. And you're talking about a team that came off a year pretty much playing in empty stadiums for most of the time. Even though I know there was fans in Kansas City in the playoff game, but... Uh, it's going to be, it'll be very interesting. I mean, obviously if we won, that would be amazing, but um, it's not the end of the world. I'm not hitting the panic button at all. If we lose to KC. Yeah. Yeah. Now maybe, maybe if something bad happens, you know, we get a couple of key guys with injuries, man, you know, 
I'll be disappointed if we lose, but uh, it's been a long time since I've seen us win a week one anyways. So <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, you know, last year the Browns really didn't have a chance to prepare. So it's hard to know with Stefanski, but yeah, we're not used to winning week one anyways. Yeah. We're not used to seeing the Brown look good week yeah. one. That's, that's just not not our thing. We're not interested in week one, you know. Week uh, two, week not. three, we'll t- we'll talk about that. We'll get serious. We'll get yeah. serious week two and three. Because we do, we we get the Texans week two, and you know, by the looks of how that team's been managed, it reminds me of how we used to be. So I, I wouldn't mind rebounding with them right now. That's yeah. That should be a that should be a good week two matchup for the Browns. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope so. Especially when you think you got Jadavian Clowney playing against his old team. Maybe he wants to prove something. I mean, yeah, I already that's that's my real week one right there. OK, I'll, I'm, I'm still considering uh, the Chiefs game a preseason game. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's fair, because I, I considered the uh, the Ravens game a preseason game last year. There you go. Yeah. And it should have, you know, it should have really, really counted as one kind and with no preseason. So. Um, so, yeah. Anyways. So I'm going to let you go on record as far as who, who you think is going to actually start at that number two corner position. You know, as much I'm rooting for greedy, but I really, I think in my heart, I think it's going to be Newsome. You know, we drafted this guy in the first round for a reason. Um, he is an Andrew Barry guy. Like, I mean, this is their guy right here. I think, you know, that, that's just kind of where, where I'm going right now but i wouldn't i won't be shocked and especially with our week one opponent being casey i i'd probably feel more comfortable with it being um greedy but uh i just i i really think that this kid's got something here not saying greedy doesn't but i think mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be newsome that that would be my uh my theory there okay i haven't decided yet <laughs> I'm gonna watch a little bit more, you know, see what happens in camp a little bit. But, yeah, got to get a couple yeah, preseason. I don't know. I mean, serious. yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, Greedy was a, a high second round pick who was expected to go in the first round. So I mean, you know, obviously he wasn't a it wasn't a Barry pick, but um, I don't know. I don't know if Barry looks at guys like that. So um, yeah, you know, but yeah, we'll see. I guess ultimately it comes down to probably. Kevin Stefanski and Joe Woods of who's uh, starting out there, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I just, I like to see that um, our first round, like, I, cause I always believe that like, yeah, I know like, you know, you gotta be smart. It's about managing the whole team and not just it's for the future, not just for this year. But when you take a guy in the first round, especially at a marquee position, like corner, I, I think the expectation would be that he's going to be a starter sooner rather than later. Well, on most teams, <laughs> right yeah agreed but yeah i mean this this team is so stacked with talent that you know it could could be an exception um we'll just we'll see we'll see i mean i i, I can see it going either way honestly yeah we'll just see i think i think it could be just a true battle you know they might just give it to the guy who who looks better which i you know is probably the right way to do it yeah no that's exactly how it should be it shouldn't be a politic thing i'm not trying to just say like we took him in the first round so he has to start i just like you know what i mean it just seems like all the obvious reasons for why someone would be win that starting job i think it might be great news especially the fact that even though yes he's got a bit of a and he's got his own injury history too he's not coming off of a full loss season you know and yeah. when greedy yeah. was the starter in 2019 it's not like he was lighting the world on fire and not saying he did a bad job but no, but he's got that year of experience under his right. belt, though. So it's kind of—I don't know—it's kind of almost a wash for me with greedy yeah. having a year but being off a year. Yeah. So, so yeah, and so I don't know. And not um, to mention, he's also coming into a. We don't know how great of a fit he is in Joe Woods' system either. You know, we never. Maybe he'll excel. Maybe he's better in this type he, of system than we did might. than he was in the previous regime. So it, it's it's. Yeah, I'm looking for a for a straight up battle between those two. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Well, hey, we've been going a while here, so uh, so how about uh, how about to give you a chance to uh, to uh, have some uh, final words or closing 
closing remarks. All right. Um, well, the only thing I can think of is just I, I'm I can't remember a time I've been this excited as a Browns fan for training camp. This might be the most excited I've ever been with all the the battles that we talked about and all that stuff and just hoping everyone stays healthy. Uh, I'm just incredibly excited. This is a great time right now to be a Browns fan, especially after whatever the last two decades have done to us. I don't know. It's probably ruined taking a couple of years off my life, but uh, you know, it almost <laughs> makes it feel all worth it. When you, when you look at this roster, like just talking to you, I'm just looking at all these players like, Oh my gosh, you know? So Good, yeah, good time. I'm, I'm, good. It feels like the good times are ahead. Finally, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. You know, it does feel like it's it does feel like it's worth it just to just to know that the Browns are going to be, you know, fun to watch and and uh, you know it should be just a great season. It should just be great. So, yeah. So, so yeah. So um. So thanks for uh, thanks for joining me, Jr. Uh, this has been the Browns Blitz, and we will catch you next time.